I don't remember what it was he said last time, but I remember it was funny. It was something like, hello, friends, dreams, and fava beans. <laughs> I'm Emily. <laughs> I used to have a co-host. <laughs> friends, dreams, and fava beans? Oh, I needed that. Thank you. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, what I had said was friends, fiends, like F-I-E-N-D, and fever dreams. Um it's my fun, spooky way to make a gender-neutral uh, greeting to a group of people. So that way I'm not saying y'all all the time and sound Southern. Um, it's something I started doing. I um, During the pandemic, I got really into Animal Crossing. I just did nearly everybody else who owns the Switch. Um, I, however, became an admin of a LGBTQ Animal Crossing Facebook group. Hey, um, I'm a member like, of that. Yes, you are. Like uh, At our highest peak, we had like 9,000 members or whatever. So whenever I had to make an admin post um instead of saying like like you could do like guys gals gorgeous pals stuff like that um but i really liked friends beans fever dreams and i hadn't seen anybody else use it before so that's how that was born oh that's adorable i I like that thank you thank you i'm here all week i'm sorry i just ruined it (laughs) you know what you know what no it made me laugh you made it better i now it's now there's lore (laughs) welcome friends fiends fever dreams and fava beans and welcome to Lore. Wait, wrong podcast. <laughs> Shit. Sorry. This is Emily. <laughs> and I'm Cassie. And this is Full Scream Ahead, your spooky road trip bucket list. And that is the one we are keeping. I was falling asleep um, because uh, I was listening to his Mercy Brown episode just because I wanted to compare. Wait, uh, Lord's an actual podcast? Yeah, oh. it's a really good podcast. Okay. Yeah, he's starting to remaster all of his old episodes and his um, very first episode was um, about vampires and there was a segment about Exeter. So oh. that's right. That's actually where I got that idea for that one episode. That's cool. Yeah. It's a really good podcast. Um, recommend it. Highly recommend. I've been into Maintenance Phase lately, which is a podcast hosted by Aubrey Gordon and Michael Hobbs, who are very intelligent and funny and lefty people. Um, and they like talk about like health trends and debunk a lot of it. And they like scrutinize the uh, the way people perform research for some of these like bogus ass studies. And they talk about like different diets and why they're actually not great for you and how they're unsustainable. It's very fun to listen to. Um, if you're me, <laughs> I can hear your cats. They are very, very lovely today. She, Oliver, is in a good mood. Um, oh, they yeah. got they got to play with my mom for like three hours today, so they're happy. Artemis got to go outside. Did she yeah. enjoy it? She did. I was just sitting in the backyard <laughs> after doing all of my front yard work. I decided to sit and enjoy the view in the backyard where I did no work. And I let Artemis out to roam around. She had a great time. The weather's in, like, that nice place where it's not cold anymore, but it's also not, like, stupid hot anymore. It was a little bit stupid hot when I was running around getting errands. Like, I went to Lowe's and bought some bricks. Then I went to Joanne's and spent too much money on fake plants. Um, and I was, cute like, fake little, plants, though. Cute fake plants, though. Um, I was a little bit sweaty. It was a little bit hot. But as soon as I, like, sat down outside, it felt nice to just sit outside. Nice. Nice. What's relaxing like? I vaguely have a memory of it. Um... You know, you'd think I'd have an answer for that as a person who just sat in the backyard for a couple hours. 
Um, however, I do not feel I am any more relaxed. So, <laughs> um, well, do you want to hear about scary things? Will that help relax? <laughs> naturally, yeah, naturally, it will. We're getting into the um. Uh, so we're Watcher House Part 2 this week, right? Yes, we're Watcher House Part 2. And this and is where some of the legal stuff comes in. Yes, well, a little bit of it. Um, so also, I just want to let everyone know that we're going to take a short break next week. So we will not be recording next week, but we will um, have something fun planned after um after, after we after we figure yeah. out what that is but yeah, yeah we're taking a we're taking a short mental health pause because my life has turned into a dumpster fire um we appreciate your patience as i try to put it out with the fire extinguisher i do not own <laughs> <laughs> there's been a weird glitch on my account with my school so i've been trying to schedule an exam for like three weeks now um Ooh. but it wouldn't let my professor prove it and I'm just like, okay, why are you ignoring me? Like, what the <laughs> hell? Look at my practice test scores. Look at the time I've spent on this. Why aren't you approving this? What do you want from me? And he's like, um, I literally have not gotten a notification for this. Jesus. It can't be easy, can it? And then, so, he's dealing with that for me. And then every time I talk to my, because me and my program mentor, we have weekly talks. And every time we talk, she's sending him a bunch of instant messages like, did you get this? Did you see this from her? Have you not approved her exam yet? It's like, I cannot <laughs> approve her exam. So there's just been like an email thread with um, the three of us and the scores department. Um, finally, today, I was able to get approval to take the exam. So I'm just like, let me schedule this before my account breaks again. It's infuriating. It took that long to get that done, but I'm glad it's done. <laughs> yeah. I started listening to our past episodes um, and my friend Katie today sent me a voice memo and she was like, I didn't listen to your guys' last episode because I wanted to save it for a time that I really wanted to hear your voice. So she, I guess, had a rough day at work today and Aww. she's like, you know what? I'm driving home. I want to hear Cassie. I want to I want to listen to Cassie talk. Um, so she put on the podcast and then I made a joke about how I haven't listened to it because I don't like my voice. <laughs> oh. She messaged me that. I was like, I'll never say it again. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Maybe we're just too harsh on ourselves because I also get annoyed with my voice. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that's part of it. Um, I just felt like that was cute. <laughs> it is cute. It's very cute. Okay, so, so no yeah. hints. Hi. No, no hints from last episode. Um, because this is a two-parter, so we're going to go back and visit the Watcher House, um, which may or may not be, you know, a, a, a psychotic stalker or a fun prank <laughs> pulled by a neighborhood um, hoodlum. So let's discuss. All right. Well, let's uh, let's get into part two of the Watcher House. So about six months after the arrival of the letters, uh, which we read last episode, if you haven't listened to that yet, it's pretty good if I do say so myself. I finally figured out how to use my water. <laughs> finally figured out how to use my microphone. You should so. go listen. It's good. Do it. Do the thing. Do also, it, it. might be a little difficult <laughs> to follow, but there's, there's, yeah. I believe in us. Sorry. My thought train just crashed. Um, it's fine. We ran out of coal. Um, <laughs> there are no rails here. <laughs> okay. Yes. Well, I've had some uh, interesting experiences this week that just kind of drained me. Mm-hmm. Um, I had one call yesterday that literally make, made my trainee take their headset off because even he could not handle this phone call. Um, so 
I went to someone's computer and he had like 60,000 emails in his deleted items folder. And I was like, well, if you're short on space, this is why. Like, you can just right click real easy here and delete all. And he goes, no, 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 I can't do that. I store stuff in there. What? And I'm like, I had him explain it to me like three times because I'm just like, I don't, I don't understand. You, you store important stuff in your deleted items. Does he know about folders? <laughs> he, he has folders. But finally, after like three times me saying, I don't understand, I don't understand. He's like, okay. <laughs> like he's getting frustrated and he thinks I'm so stupid. He's like, let me explain it to you so you can understand. Let's say you send me an email. Then that email has a link in it. I don't know if I need that link, so I'm going to delete it. What if I do find out later I do need that link? Then I can just go back in and restore it. So he's not keeping important things in there. He just doesn't want to read his fucking emails. Yeah. (laughs) Love that for you. And I'm just like, and here's this big button that says delete all that's going to accidentally get hit someday. And there's all of your important emails gone. But okay. Some people still Okay. <laughs> also, I think there's a Facebook post going around again about how putting emails in your deleted items folder will compress them to save space. Um, not true. You will lose all of your data. Please stop. Don't they like auto purge after so long? Can't you like set that up in your settings? Yep. Well, it's defaulted to auto purge and you can adjust the time frame in your settings, right? Most of the time, yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, that tops mine of the week. Um, <laughs> I had a customer who was waiting majority of the day against our recommendations. Um, and when it was time for her to sign the paperwork and leave because um, her repairs were completed, I was like, okay, well, I need you to sign a date here. Um, it's 3-21-22. Um, fake day. I mean, not a fake day. It's a day this week, but it may or may not be the day she was there. Um, so I'm like, uh, I need you to sign a date. It's three twenty one twenty two, And she just kind of looks at me and she looks down at the paper and she looks at her phone and she like flips the cover off her phone. Cause she's got one of those phone wallets. She double tops her phone and it says like four thirty one or something. She looked back up at me and she said, it's not three twenty one. But mm-hmm. isn't it daylight savings? It doesn't matter. I was telling her the date, not the time. Oh! (laughs) I'm just sorry. (laughs) Okay, I'm on the same page now. I'm on the same page now. (laughs) Um, She was very kind. She was very sweet. Um, That was just... I've never had somebody get those two things mixed up before, and it was just a moment for me. I, I, I was I, sitting here thinking, <laughs> like, why do what service do you do? You need to know the exact time. You don't. I don't know if I was unclear, but uh, that reaction was great. Okay, <laughs> it's it's been a week. Okay, I'm slow. <laughs> Ooh, okay, so we read the emails last week. What? So we read the emails last week for the watcher. Oh yes, his letters. <laughs> Letters, yes, not emails. I'm still on computers. Unless he put them in the deleted folder and they're just gone forever, because that's what people do for some reason. Oof. <laughs> so just put them in a zip file. Like, why? It's, mm. I, 
I don't know. Well, he thinks I'm stupid for not understanding, so maybe I am. I mean, no. It's not you. I'm sure of it. Oh, oh lordy. All right. Well, um, at least I'm be- doing better than uh, the Broadduses were doing. Because remember, we're talking about Derek and Maria Broaddus, who mm-hmm. uh, got some real creepy letters. And about six months after that, they had decided to sell their house. But now, due to the rumors that were going around, understandably, it's not going well. And mm-hmm. neither is their mental health. So... Both Derek and Maria at this time, um, not only are they going through the stress of trying to sell their house, they're suffering from PTSD and depression, and were very, very concerned that someone might be watching their children. Um, one night, Maria woke up to an especially vivid dream about a man who lived nearby. Uh, she said that he, in the dream, he was wearing boot these boots and carrying a pitchfork and he kept calling to the kids and she woke up really upset because she couldn't get to them in time um and this this concerned her so much like she was talking about it in interviews um and it's just it just sounds like they weren't doing very well at all and it just makes me feel sad yeah Um, i mean who would be yeah she mentioned that she would watch the faces of other shoppers while she was at trader joe's um to see if Mm -hmm. You know, they looked weird at their kids. Um, and then if they did, she would spend hours Googling them, um, searching for them. Anyone who seemed suspicious, she would just start, um, you know, seeing what she could find on them. Anything Trying she could find. stalk them on the internet. Yep. Which I support. I think that's correct. Yeah. I mean, if you think your kids are in danger, I mean, yeah. yeah go like, for mom and bear on them. It, a little bit of internet sleuthing is not a bad thing. As long mm-hmm. as you are not, like, obsessive. Yeah. And stalking someone. Mm-hmm. So the Broadduses say that Detective Lugo told them that they wouldn't receive any more letters after he spoke to Michael Langford, who was their neighbor next door. Um, remember who they originally thought was a really good candidate for who the watcher might be. Mm-hmm. But even after they had spoken to Michael Langford, um, pretty early on in the investigation, there were still two more letters after this which we read last episode. The investigators noted that if it really was Michael who was doing this, it would be really reckless of him to send letters while he knows police are watching him. So that kind of made him seem like not such a good candidate anymore. They thought that that would have been enough to dissuade him from doing this if it really was him. Mm -hmm. But then that asks the question, which one of the other neighbors could be involved? So the private investigators um, dug deep into the neighbors. They did find that there were two child sex offenders that lived a few blocks away, um, but neither of these leads went anywhere. But then Bill Woodward, Bill Woodward, who was the Broaddus's painter, noticed something strange. He said there was a couple behind 657 Boulevard that kept a pair of lawn chairs strangely close to the Broaddus's property. He said, one day I was looking out the window and I saw this older guy sitting in one of the chairs. He wasn't facing the house. He was facing the Broadduses. But this lead ended up not going anywhere either. Nothing panned out with these neighbors either. Wait, so those neighbors just had chairs like in their front yard and their backyard or whatever, just facing the Broadduses' house? Yeah. Weird. Yeah, a little weird. A little weird. So at this point, the investigation was stalled. It's taking its toll on the family. Um, They're now living with uh, Maria's parents. And the watcher had 
managed to leave almost no clues behind. There were no fingerprints on the letters, no way to place anyone at the scene of the crime. There's so many people coming and going in this neighborhood Mm -hmm. and so many residents on the boulevard. It's really hard, you know, to place someone. Mm -hmm. And clearly no return address. Exactly. Exactly. Um, In December of 2014, the Really quick, I got to feed my cat, so... I'm going to go feed her really quick, and then we'll start again at the de- at, in December, because that feels like a good start of a sentence. Okay. <laughs> okay, give me one second. Hello, I'm back. Hi. I also ate an oatmeal cream pie, because I haven't eaten since I had cereal for breakfast at like 8 a.m. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. How That's are you true. still functioning? I had some of the like hot lemon hot Doritos. Not filling, but delicious and painful. <laughs> All right. Ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. So in December of 2014, the Westfield police told the Broadduses that they had basically run out of options as to what they could do. Derek said he felt so defeated at this. Um, he even had a priest come down and to bless the house. Um, you know, just in case it was something supernatural. I mean, cover your bases. Can't hurt. Yeah. And uh, he's, just with- make- he's just making sure that, you know, he's got all his bases covered. Mm-hmm. Love it. So within a few months, renovations to the house were completed. One of these upgrades included an alarm system to help them keep watch over the house, but the family was still too scared to move in. And when they're considering their options of whether or not to move in, Derek had actually ended up pricing out trained German shepherds. Um, And he had even posted a job on the internet for military veterans. And job description basically said, all you have to do is work out in the backyard every day. (laughs) Just stand there. Maria said that around this time, it basically came down to one question to her on whether or not they would move in. She said, what are you willing to risk? And it sounds like they were really concerned about their par- their kids, which mm-hmm. is, I know in true crime, we don't get to talk a lot about good parents, but I feel like these people really went out of their way to keep their kids safe here. Yeah, like they weren't willing to take that chance. Yeah. Derek's, um, unfortunately, he said that he found this time really re- degrading. He said he still had to pay taxes on the property and he would have to do things like wake up early, um, go there, shovel the driveway. Just to go home to do it again at his in-laws' house. Mm-hmm. The couple also reported that they had started attending therapy around this time, which love to see it. Big supporter therapy. Maria was quickly diagnosed with PTSD after mm-hmm. um, they were able to assess her mental state. She was just not doing very well at all. And then around this time, a new letter arrived from the watcher. Oh no! It says six fifty-seven Boulevard is turning on me. It's coming after me. I don't understand why. What spell did you cast on it? It used to be my friend, and now it's my enemy. I am in charge of 657 Boulevard. It is not in charge of me. I will fend off its bad things and will wait for it to become good again. It will not punish me. I will rise again. I will be patient and wait for this to pass, and for you to bring the young blood back to me. 657 Boulevard needs young blood. It needs you to come back. What? Let the young blood play again like I once did. Let the young blood sleep in 657 Boulevard. Stop changing it and let it alone. No. Signed, The Watcher. No. This is about when the family began to think about what would happen, what would have happened 
If the Woods had actually disclosed that first letter they had received from the Watcher shortly before they moved out, mm-hmm. which, again, they read and they dismissed it and threw it out. The Broadduses felt that even the name The Watcher alone warranted at least a warning from the previous tenants before they... I'm so, I feel like I'm sounding really angry. I think I'm just still on that last letter. I was trying to do an angry voice. Now I can't get out of it. Oh, no, you don't sound angry. <laughs> I feel like I'm just like, ugh. You're just burning with the rage of The Watcher. <laughs> Where was I? So the Broadduses felt that even the name alone, the Watcher, warranted a warning from the previous tenants before they closed on a house, especially one that they would move young children into. So on June 2nd, 2015, almost exactly one year after the discovery of the first letter, they filed a legal complaint against the Woodses. The complaint addressed that they thought the Woods, who were both retired scientists at the time, should have disclosed the letter and anything they knew about the Watcher. This complaint also addressed a more tangible complaint that the basement tends to flood, another detail that they were not aware of before the purchase, which I thought was interesting um, that they're saying that the basement floods and the watcher keeps saying that there's something weird in the basement. Yeah. So I'm like, something, something's behind the wall. Something's behind the there's, wall. It's gotta be. Someone please take a sledgehammer to that basement, please. You need to know. Do it for I the pod. To- do it. The Broadduses had expressed to their legal representation that they wanted a quiet settlement. So far, they had managed to keep the Watcher completely a secret from their kids, and they didn't want to drag them into this any further than they already were. So their lawyer assured them that, at most, a small legal news cast might pick it up, might cover the story, and it would get a little attention, and that would be it. But if that were true, we would not be sitting here talking about it today. You're right, you're right. Just a few weeks after this, broadcast journalist and TV personality Tamron Hall shared a, the story. She described it as a top 10 creepy story on an episode of The Today Show. Oh, that's 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 some pretty big exposure. Just a little bit. Um, and the story went a little viral. And... Now the family, on top of dealing with all this stress, is now dealing with news trucks and reporters and just hordes of people coming to 657 Boulevard. There's the young blood he needs. Oh, right. One uh, reporter from a local news station actually made a camp in their front yard with a lawn chair that he was going to live in to look for the watcher. I mean, dedicated? <laughs> um, he's going to get the scoop. Yeah, he said, this will be mine. <laughs> he was waiting for his big break. Um, but I couldn't even find his name. So how well did that work out for you, buddy? <laughs> probably probably not very well. You should probably leave these nice people alone. <laughs> Within a few weeks um, after the Today Show, the family had received more than 300 requests for interviews and media appearances, which to someone who wanted to keep this quiet, this was a little bit of a nightmare. Yeah, sounds horrible. Oh my God, I can't, I can barely deal with normal attention. Yeah, no, thank you. I like, don't want to be that famous. I want to be famous how like, like Hank Green is famous, you know, yes. like only, only, only people are going to recognize him, but they're going to be nice. About like it, if you know? you know, you know, but if you don't, yeah. leave me alone. It's it's like a normal person. Like I want to be able to still go to the grocery exactly, store. Exactly. Exactly. Derek and Maria were still struggling with their own mental health. And so they made a decision not to follow through with any of these media requests or requests for interviews. They were still trying to keep their children from learning about it. Unfortunately, their children wouldn't be able to avoid it for much longer because now that it's kind of this big thing like even the family's kids were starting to get bullied in school about it and it was just becoming mm-hmm. a whole big thing you have to tell them once they start getting bullied about it because you can't let them get bullied about something they don't know about. i know that's that's just rude yeah yeah this story 
because, you know, it's all over everywhere now, it caught the attention of some armchair detectives on the internet. There was a Reddit thread about what could be in the walls. Um, some suggestions that were um, sent to the Broadduses from this thread ended up being things like round penetrating sonars to try and solve the mystery of what was in the wall. Um, but their home inspector actually did comment on this, saying that when he did the inspection, the only thing that he found down there was poor insulation. Okay, so they did check the walls, I guess. I guess, if you want to believe it. I don't believe it. I still them. think there's something in the walls. I'm sorry. <laughs> there's probably still something in the walls. Did he Did he tear a wall down and look inside of it? No? Then we don't exactly. know. Exactly. Exactly. Questions unanswered. <laughs> there was a subreddit who had analyzed uh, the Google Maps images of the house and many came forward saying that there was a man in these photos that could be seen taking pictures in the car. Others said this was a glare. I don't know if the picture's been updated, if I'm even looking at the same thing, but there is someone driving by in a car, and that looks like that's all they're doing. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then there's another car that has, like, a reflection of the house. So I feel like it's a little bit of a stretch to say that Google Earth caught the watcher. Yeah, that would be weird. Um, it's also really impressive people had this time, but I mean, I guess, hey, everyone's got to have a hobby, Exactly. Right? Let's look what we're doing. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. That is fair. <laughs> Actually, at this point, the Broadduses had not revealed the contents of the letters. So people really only knew the gist of what was going on. The letters weren't public yet. At this point, they are saying that the only people who are allowed to see the letters were potential mm-hmm. buyers. And But even then, no one had gotten to that point where they felt comfortable showing them the letters because no one had made it that far in the buying process because no one wanted this house. So that made it a little hard for the Broadduses to stomach the fact that now they're getting all this internet hate directed towards them. There were a lot of comments about how... Yeah, that's not fair to them. Why would you not move into a house over some letters? Like, this is ridiculous. Like, what, you got a bad piece of mail and now you're not going to move in? I feel like there's a difference between a bad piece of mail and these letters. Exactly. These, these are a whole nother realm. Derek later said in an interview, none of them have read the letters or have had their children threatened by someone they don't know. To decide whether this person's only nuts enough to write these letters or nuts enough to not do something about it, what if something did happen? And that's a very good point. What if they did move into this house and something happened to their children? These same people would probably be like, oh, look at you. You were warned. Yeah, truly. I feel like they did the right thing. Yeah, absolutely. Lori Clancy, who teaches piano lessons in her house, in one of the houses behind 657 Boulevard, told the interviewer, told an interviewer that one of her students came for a lesson shortly after the news of the watcher had broke and she had just started bawling saying she was terrified to walk down the boulevard. Mm -hmm. So now this is starting to affect other people in this town, not just the Broadduses, Mm because people are genuinely scared. There's like some crazy person out there stalking them. Yeah. At the first Westfield Town Council meeting after the letters became public, because they did eventually decide that they were going to share them, um, Mayor Andy... That sounds right. <laughs> I don't know what this name looks like printed out. I'm just guessing based on your guesses. I'm just riffing. Well, Mayor Andy assured the public that the watcher hadn't been heard from in a year. And even though the police hadn't solved their case, their investigation was exhaustive. 
This was news to a lot of the neighbors of 657 Boulevard. In fact, several neighbors from the boulevard ended up coming forward about this. Most of them never heard from the cops or interviewed at all. They had um, wrote a letter to the local paper together. It says, we are confused as to how thorough an investigation can be conducted without talking to all of the neighbors within the proximity to this home. Wait, so is this people that should have been or people that the police claim to be interviewed or is this just like people in the neighborhood that they didn't have a reason to be suspicious of other than the fact that they live there the police from what i can tell weren't very clear as to what their investigation consisted of they just kept saying that it was exhaustive um so a group of these neighbors who lived in this area um especially ones who were close to the home Mm -hmm. um came together to write a letter to the paper about how Got none it. of them were Got talked it. to. So like they didn't like some of their neighbors didn't find out about the watcher letters until it was on the news. Exactly. They were like, hey, motherfuckers, I live here. Nobody talked to me. You messed up. Right. Someone should have at least told me. Or at least, hey, did you send this letter? Baron Shambliss, a detective a veteran detective in the Westfield police, was asked to look at the case. He said, The Broadduses are victims, and I don't think they ever got the support they needed. Shameless looked at the case and discovered something surprising. When the investigators looked at the letters, even though there were no fingerprints, whoever wrote this letter licked the envelope. Huh. And there was DNA on it. And nobody else noticed that? Mm-hmm. The DNA was collected and analyzed. And you want to know what they found? They didn't find a match, but the DNA was that of a woman. Okay, weird. Yeah, so the Watcher, we're now thinking... Is a female. I mean, females do tend to focus on children more than men do um, in like a not pedophile way. Mm -hmm. So I guess that checks out. Yeah. Interesting detail. So this is when Shameless decided to look back at the Langfords, but not Michael. He went to look at Abby Langford, who is especially outspoken about how the police were hammering her brother with all of these questions. Mm -hmm. Um, She was a real estate agent. She was about in her 60s. And some people wondered, since she's a real estate agent, did she, was she upset about missing out on the commission that was right next door? Abby was cleared by the detective, though. We don't know exactly how she was cleared, but she did have an interview with the detective and consented to a DNA mm-hmm. test, but her DNA was not a match to what was found on yeah, the letter. Yeah, you can't, like, convict her on, like, guilty of being female real estate agent. That's not yeah. a good enough uh, pool of evidence there. Mm-hmm. And at this point, the Langfords were officially cleared as suspects, and that was the last time we would bother the Langfords. Okay. Bye, Langfords. Yeah, I'm sorry, Langfords. So Sandy Langford gave a interview at one point. She said, my family moved to the boulevard in 1961. We never caused a problem for anybody. The family was understandably frustrated with the whole thing. Fortunately, they were cleared, and we do know now that they didn't have anything to do with this. I mean, I feel like we don't know that for 100% sure until we find out who did it. I mean, that's true. We don't know 100% sure. I'm saying that it's a pretty good chance, Yeah, the police cleared them. I just feel bad because they're all kind of like in their 60s, and I feel like they're getting kind of harassed pretty hard. (laughs) I just, I feel like very protective of everyone in this case, but I'm also like, I know one of you is a creep, so I'm just like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm trying not to get too involved, but here you are. Yeah. So then the cops were thinking about other women who could be involved. And at this point, they asked Andrea Woods for a DNA sample. And they brought her 21-year-old son in for an interview. Both were pretty surprised that they were suddenly considered suspects. Wait, who's Andrea Woods? Remind me. 
She's the one who sold the house sold the to house. them. Okay. Yep. Around the same time, though, the son of one of the neighbors, now that this news was public, made a Facebook post. He later deleted this Facebook post, but not before someone had sent it to the police. So the police then went to this family. They found out that around this same time, a family that lived down the street on the boulevard still received a very similar letter around the same time that the Broadduses got their first letter. Mm-hmm. And it was, we don't know exactly what it was, because they also thought it was weird and just threw it away. Okay. People, stop doing that. I know. When you get please. creepy mail, scan it, keep a digital copy, file a police report, even if the police don't believe you. At least it's on record. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so they said that their letter had a lot of the same themes about the Watcher. We don't know what was in it, but we do know that at the same time, the Watcher did send another letter to another family on that block. The parents of that family had lived in their house for years and their kids were all grown. So... They threw the letter away. They said it was just confusing. And that's all we know about it. That's not helpful at all. Exactly. There was a woman who lived nearby. She said that after the news broke, um, she and about 10 of her so neighbors had actually gathered out on the street and just kind of puzzled as to what was happening. So now we're getting like groups of people just hanging out and doing their little armchair detective thing trying to figure out who among them yeah. could be the watcher you've got like a neighborhood watch situation going on um eventually they came to a consens- consensus and their consensus was well if none of us have ever heard of this before maybe the broadest has sent it to themselves what this theory um so far was that the Broadduses had suffered buyer's remorse. They realized they couldn't afford their home and ended up concocting an elaborate scheme to get out of the sale. Some of the locals also mm. thought it was noteworthy that over the course of a decade, the Broadduses had upgraded from a $313,000 house to a $1.3 million one. I mean, a decade's a long time. That's true. Some people just get lucky. That's true. I was going to say, I'm pretty sure I had like negative $6 in my bank account 10 years ago, but I think I still have like negative $6 in my bank account. <laughs> um, 10 years ago, I graduated high school. Now I have roughly $700 in my savings account. Thank you very much. Woo! I am an adult. Adulting. Definitely not stressed out at all about finances at any given point in my life. Now. Nice. At all. Is that convincing? Ten years, yeah. <laughs> ten years is a long time. Yeah, ten years is a long time. I became a weird cat lady who lives at home with my parents and writes a true horror podcast. Everything's coming up, Millhouse. <laughs> Everything's coming up, Millhouse. <laughs> it should be noted at this point, however, that Maria Broadus had her DNA tested. And it was also not a match for the envelope. Derek gave an interview later. It says, there's a natural tendency to say, I've lived here for 35 years and nothing's happened to me. What has happened to my family is an affront to their contention that they're safe. There is no such thing as mental illness in their community. People don't want to believe that this could happen in Westfield. Yep, that sounds about right. So now we are two years after the Watcher's letters first arrive and the Barroses ended up borrowing money from their family to buy a second home in Westfield. They used an LLC to keep the location private, understandably, so that these um, 
new internet stalkers don't come after them and please do not try to find them Um, they deserve their privacy absolutely let them have their privacy their lawsuit against the woods was still pending but it seemed unlikely that they would succeed some states actually require sellers to disclose transient social conditions such as murders or hauntings which (laughs) i would love to know how they prove that in a court of law like this house is haunted and you did not tell us that well how do you know it's haunted oh well this thing happened once that i have no evidence of and also we don't have a way to prove that prove that ghosts are real like Mm -hmm. it's not gonna go well my friends (laughs) there was a 1991 case that involved an alleged ghost-filled house in new york and that was ruled as a matter of law the house is haunted what but (laughs) can we go there i um i need to find this I need to find details about this um, because this was just used as an example in one of the articles that I read comparing it to New Jersey's rules, which New Jersey, where Westfield actually was, even though it's close, was, is, um, which is close to the border, doesn't actually have any rules like this. So I want to know about the house legally declared haunted. Who, like, I want to know who owns it. I want to know if they have like the black strawberry dress that was popular on TikTok six months ago. Yes, that's an outdated TikTok reference. I'm old. I just, I want to know if they're living their best witchy life. Sometimes the dress is blue and black. Sometimes the dress is green and gold, you know. It was never blue and black and it was never white and gold. Maybe it was the friends we made along the way. It was the friends we made along the way. I straight up did not see blue and black or white and gold. I saw like a dark, dark grayish uh, black color. And then I saw like, Kind of like a muddy blue, but it was like a light blue. Um, and it kind of looked, mm-hmm. it looked like if you mix a blue and orange. Oh, yeah, that's what I see when I look at that picture. It's very strange. Um, I would see it about half and half, um, but always at different times. So I just assumed there were two versions of the photo going around. That makes sense. Internet sleuths, please tell me. So soon the family was able to find a renter for 657 Boulevard, who was not afraid of moving in. This person's kids were grown and they had two large dogs, so they were perfectly fine. Um, They still weren't making really any money off of this house. It was still costing them a lot more than they were making, but at least the burden was helped a little bit by a renter. Mm -hmm. Two weeks later, Derek went to 657 to deal with a squirrel nest that had happened in the, that happened, appeared, formed in the attic. It had apparated. Yes. So, um, fell from the ether. Squirrels, um, astral projected into his, uh, attic. And so Derek went to go deal with that. Um, and when he got there, the renter handed him an envelope that had just arrived by mail. A letter that was dated for the same afternoon that Derek and Maria gave their depositions about the woods. It says, violent winds and bitter colds to the vile and spiteful Derek and his wetch of a wife, Maria, which... (laughs) When are we getting poetic? First of all, great line. I would love it if somebody could call me a witch of an anything. Um, I get boring insults all the time, like a bitch or bat or etc. Um, I would like somebody to be that clever when insulting me. Thank you. This is my formal request. Um, second of all, what the fuck? Um, when I do finally make us a website, that's going to be our title. The Violent Spiteful Emily and the Witch Cassie. We'll think of something. Because witch of the wife witch. doesn't work because I'm not married. <laughs> so uh, we gotta we gotta think of something a little more uh, uh, rhymy and catchy that goes with my name. We'll do we'll it. We'll get there. Hey, 
Watcher, if you're out there, please contact us at Full Screaming Podcast at gmail.com. Please send us good alternate uh, illiterate names. Not illiterate. What is the word I'm looking for? Alliterative? Rhymey? Is that a word? Shelby, what word am I looking for? What is, what is the word for one word's rhyme, but it's not rhyme? It's like an alliteration? That's me? Alliteration is when they all start with the same letter, isn't it? Oh, maybe, yeah. Maybe that's what I'm looking for. I don't know. This is an English class. Let's move on. So the contents of this letter says you wonder who the watcher is. Turn around, idiots. Mm. Maybe you even spoke. (laughs) I'm sorry. Part of me feels like this one's not totally legitimate, but um, it is what it is. All all I can picture this is in Dwight Schrute's voice. I'm sorry. Does he wonder who the watcher is? Turn around, idiots. Maybe you even spoke to me. Maybe one of the so-called neighbors who has no idea who the watcher could be. Or maybe you do know and you are too scared to tell anyone. That's a good move. I walked by the news trucks, and when they took over my neighborhood and mocked me, I watched as you watched from the dark house in an attempt to find me. Telescopes and binoculars are wonderful inventions. 657 Boulevard survived your attempted assault and stood strong with its army of supporters barricading its gates. My soldiers of the boulevard followed my orders to a T. They carried out their mission and saved the soul of 657 Boulevard. All hail the Watcher! What? Yeah. So now he's a cult leader? I don't understand. I don't know! Part of me feels like, since this is so public, and the language in this one is so different from the first ones... It's gotta be a copycat. I'm thinking this is a copycat. Because, like, yeah, it's creepy, but the first couple letters are all pretty consistent. Yeah. This is like... The tone of this one's very, very different. Yeah. Turn around, idiot. All I'm picturing is Dwight Schrute. Turn around, idiot. Damn it, Jim. Stop ruining my house. Uh, I only semi-understand that reference because I've never seen The Office. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I tried once and I hated Steve is his name. Steve Carell, who plays Michael Scott? Yes, him. I hated Michael Scott too much. Um, and I've been told, he gets better. Watch, just skip to season two. Start on season two. And I'm like, I don't. I don't know that I want to do that. Like, Mike Scherz made some pretty great shows that I'd prefer to watch. I've seen The Good Place maybe 600 times. So I'm just going to keep rewatching that. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I was making fun of the tone of the letter so much, I forgot that I never finished it. Oh, oh no. <laughs> but wait, there's more. So after he yells about his soldiers of the boulevard and how they all hail the watcher, he continues to go on and say... Maybe a car accident. Maybe a fire. Maybe something as simple as mild illness that never seems to go away but makes you feel sick all day after day after day after day. Maybe the mis- <laughs> maybe the mysterious death of a pet. <clears throat> Loved ones don't suddenly die. Planes and cars and bicycles crash and bones break. You are despised by the house and the watcher one. Okay, well, first of all, Loved ones do suddenly die. I am living proof of that. Second of all, how dare you? Please don't threaten my pets. No, don't like that. Did not like that one bit. Um, Mad about the inaccurate of loved ones don't just die because they do. But also, come for my cat. I will ruin you. Uh, 
Don't like it. Don't like it. So police took this letter to... Um, Derek took this letter to the police. <laughs> so Derek took this letter to the police where a detective looked at a neighborhood map and traced the circle around the house, about 300 yards in diameter, and suggested that the watcher must be somewhere in there. Derek drew another one, much closer to the house, and says, My view... It's one of ten houses in the world. So the case against the woods ended up being thrown out of the court around this time for lack of evidence, which I don't know how I feel about that. Like, it ended up not even really going to court. The judge ended up tossing it out because he just kind of thought this whole thing was ridiculous. I mean, so, like, the watcher letter stuff, sure. But, like, the, I feel like they have, like, a real legal ground for, like, the basement flood issue. Yeah. I feel like maybe they should have focused on that instead and, like, of... added the watcher thing as an addendum. Did I use that right? I don't know. I'm not a lawyer. Sounds right to me. I watch crime shows. So on July 1st, 2019, this nightmare finally came to an end for the Broadduses when they were finally able to sell their house after five years of dealing with this nonsense. The real estate agent, Beth Sullivan of Coldwell Banker Resident Brokerage, confirmed the purchase with today, but she said that the homeowners wanted to remain anonymous, so we don't know who this is. Please respect their privacy. And they have no comment at this time about what's in the house. For the people who bought it? Yes. Zillow reports that the house was sold for $959,000. This was a significant loss for the Broadduses because remember they spent what they spent $1.3 million on it and did about $100,000 renovations. Mm-hmm. But they might have made up a little bit of this money, as I said, because there is that Netflix film. But before this, around the same time, they were still trying to sell their house and still trying to deal with all this. There was a Lifetime movie being made about this incident. And the family was not involved. The family was not consulted. And they ended up sending a cease and desist letter to the studio. All Lifetime did was change a few details. It's signed like The Raven now or something. And the family got their name changed. But there's still a watcher movie that was put out by Lifetime. Um, it only has 4.1 stars on IMDb. Um, out of, it should be rated a lot lower. Out of 10. Ooh. Ooh. Ouch. <laughs> it's like they changed it just enough to get around copyright law. And then it sounds like they just kind of ruined the whole thing. I haven't watched it. I don't plan on watching it. But that was uh, boo to you, Lifetime. Boo. Boo to you, Lifetime. Quick pause. Jacob just got home. I'm going to help him bring groceries in. Uh, quick pause. Quick pause. Hello, I have returned. Can I just say that sweet potatoes are disgusting and I would ask for a divorce. <laughs> he used it to make curry. It was good. Why are you a hater? Hey, Jacob. Uh, Emily said sweet potatoes are disgusting and I would and she would ask for a divorce. Wait, oh the mic was on? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think she could hear us in the kitchen. It was allowed to be wrong. I don't mind. That purple looks good on you. Yeah, it does. Okay, bye. <laughs> Boot of the lifetime movie. But there were official film rights, which were finally sold to Netflix in 2018. There is the Watcher miniseries. It's expected to stream this spooky season. Not sponsored, by the way. Not sponsored. I just think it's an interesting detail. 
that there is an official Watcher horror miniseries coming out starring Naomi Watts and Bobby Cannavale as Maria and Derek. I'm a little looking forward to it after reading all this about them. I'm very excited. I feel like we should do like a um like a mini series like recap. Yes. Um since we did the the story before the show came out, I feel like we should watch it separately. Or I mean, you know you'll have your place together by then, so maybe we watch it yeah. together and then we have like after episode thoughts. Ooh, yes, that'd be super fun. That'd be cute. If you were to go visit 657 Boulevard today, Please be respectful. Just remember, even though it's a fun story, it's a spooky story. These are all real people trying to live their real lives. I mean, I'm sure it'd be fine to just drive by and take a look at the house. I'm very curious. I would uh, maybe go to that Trader Joe's. A lot seems to be happening there. Um, (laughs) Who knows? Maybe that nice old lady buying Brie next to you. She's the watcher. Or maybe maybe she'll drive into the Trader Joe's. Keep your eye out. Yes. Rest in peace, Grandma. I'm a bad person. Oh, Lord. Um, yeah, I think it would be a nice little day trip. It does seem like a little beautiful town, especially if you're visiting New York or you live nearby. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, like I said, just be, be respectful. Be respectful. But, yeah, that is my story of The Watcher House. Um, yeah, that great theme song. Um, a, B, that was a journey. And I appreciate you. I appreciate you taking me on it. I feel like uh we need money so we can go travel to these places that we podcast about please sponsor us yeah please non-spawn uh for the rest of this episode for anything we've mentioned but please future spawn reach out let us know or you know if you're just like a rich billionaire who's like dying and doesn't like his kids you want to give the money away to somebody else to piss him off like i'm a great candidate we're cute we're fun we're semi-responsible people yeah exactly like, you could not find better options, truly. Exactly. Just one more reminder, we will not have an episode next week. Um, we are taking, I think, some well-deserved time to ourselves, Emily, for mm-hmm. an exam and me uh, and some sanity uh, in my life. So, no episode next week, but we'll, we will be back after that um, with some new spooky stories for you. Thank you for joining us this week. You can follow us wherever you get your podcasts at Full Scream Ahead. You can also follow us at Instagram at full scream ahead or you can email us any personal stories comments concerns or poetry to full scream ahead podcast at gmail.com and please if you do want hints for our next episode keep an eye on our instagram i'm sure we'll be posting some uh, some photos or something yes also please email us if you have like fun clever insults for us to have as like our our taglines when we when slash if we ever have a website, I would like to be introduced to something more fun than Cassie. All right. Be good time. All right. Thanks, guys. <laughs> thanks, my little beans. Thanks, y'all. Oh, thanks, little beans. Little I beans. like it. Thanks, friends, bees, fever dreams, and little beans. Bye. Bye.